Hello, this is Will here from the Good Anime Palette Podcast. Um, before we start our episode, I would like to extend an apology to the listeners. Um, apparently, there has been some construction going on in the building that we're in. So if you do hear random noises, bits and pieces, maybe some audio quality dropping in and out, it's because of the fact that we're trying to remedy any of those noises. So if you do hear them, very, very sorry, but we hope you enjoyed the episode. So here you go. the good anime palette podcast it might be summer months there might be rain or shine but we're here to talk about everything anime and manga i'm your co-host jason this is episode 14 and i'm joined as always as usual with my co-host will well literally before we recorded i was talking about how we mentioned the weather three times in a row and that's how you want to start we're talking is, about the weather again that is precisely why i wanted to start the way we did well to give you your uh bi-weekly weather report today it's actually uh Decent weather in Hong Kong in the sense that it's not raining. Uh, no sun as well, so it's actually nice and cool outside, um, which is quite nice. You know, August usually starts signaling like the like the middle of summer. But didn't, didn't they say it was going to rain really badly today? It's supposed to be raining all today, but so far the rain hasn't come down yet. It's just it's probably going to be raining later on, but hey, whatever. Um, we're indoors. We'll, we'll take as, we'll take as much sun as we can get. Yeah? yeah, we're indoors right now anyway, so the rain shouldn't affect us. Hey, uh, I'm an introvert, and I like to stay in my room all the time, so rain or shine, it doesn't really matter. Yep, and of course, yeah, exactly. Rain or shine, you still have the GAP bros here to deliver some dis- you know, good discussion topics, some random news, and of course, keep you up to date in terms of what we've been watching. So uh, one of the things that uh, we I have been watching, actually, we're just going to get straight into it, right? Yep. All right, um, the first thing that I've watched, I actually have been watching it throughout like the month actually but uh i didn't get an opportunity to talk about it until now it is an anime made in 2012 called joshi raku by jc staff uh it's streaming on high dive with only which is kind of unfortunate but it is an exceptional anime it is about five girls who does rakugo and then afterwards they just kind of shoot shoot the shit with each other and it's just really funny yeah for those who don't know what rakugo is would you be able to give a quick sort of explanation of what rakugo is it is almost it's a one-man show where they tell stories in front of an audience and it is very old school just literally a guy a guy or a girl uh you know impersonating different uh, voice patterns and different pitches to represent different characters, and it's supposed to be pretty funny. It's like theatrical storytelling. Right? Exactly, and it's not really relevant nowadays, but it was all the rage back then. Yeah, I think you still have, like, you know, Rakugo Masters that are still active in the circuit, but it's it's not as huge. Right? I mean, like, that's just how sometimes, like, traditions kind of fade out. Yeah, but even though this is about five girls who do Rakugo, it actually has almost zero Rakugo in it. It, uh, I was telling Will earlier, it's kind of akin to, you know, if you work at a restaurant or somewhere, and then there is, like, the office staff break room in the back. And then when people take their breaks, they go to the staff room where there's, like, a bunch of people there, usually, and then everyone just 
shoot the breeze with one another, shoot the shit, and talk about random stuff. And this is basically that, because when each episode or skit starts, uh, you usually get like the last maybe 20 seconds of the Rakugo performance. They bow and say, thank you for your time. And then the skit starts when they arrive in the back. And the stuff that they talk about, it's cute girls doing cute things, but some of the stuff they talk about is like, if you win the lottery, what would you do? And how would you hide the fact that you won? Or what is the exact meaning of a casual dress code? You know, the plight of wearing glasses and what is considered new and how it is, what's the cutoff mark before something new becomes old? It has tons of references and humor to other IPs. They even mentioned Toonami at one point, but that's kind of weird. I think that's the subtitles, but it's pretty well done. Yeah. What score would you give it out of 10 or, you know, based on well, like our ranking out of 5? Uh, I would say it is an 8.5, but I would say it's a 9 out of 10. So 4.5 stars out of 5 stars. It's It's like just my jam. All right. Anything else you've been watching? Of course, Will. I mean, you've been keeping busy, right? So busy in a sense, not yes. necessarily. You know, when it comes to looking for a job, well, and I mean, research. You, you have a job, right? Kind I'm more of, talking about. Of. I'm more talking about you know discussion topics and saying you're going to do something, and then you end up doing the very thing you told me not to do. Yeah, but okay. Anyways, uh, Will's throwing shade, but I kind of deserve it. Last episode, we talked about summer premieres, and one of the shows that we watched, I watched, was. Ka- Kageki Shoujo, which is uh, Opera Girl. And uh, I kind of said it was very slice of life, very cute girls doing cute things in a bunch of, in in a theater school, a bunch of girls in a theater school. Then I kind of dropped off to focus on other stuff. And then my news feed, there is a website called Anime Corner. Do you use Anime Corner, Will? Not not so much. Most of the time I'm I'm getting news and ratings and stuff like that through like Reddit through my anime list, through Anime News Network. Uh, but I know about I know about Anime Corner. Yeah. So we also use AnyChart, too, uh, every now and then. But An- Anime Corner is like another platform for these sort of things. And they would release their rankings, you know, similarly to Reddit. And Episode 3, t- named Teddy Bear, jumped 23 spots in the ranking for Anime Corner. So immediately I was like, something's up. And then Reddit blew up about it, so something's up. And then the score on my anime list jumped from a 6.9 something to, as of today, a 7.27, which is a huge jump, to be honest, in a span of several episodes. Yeah, that's the difference between like a a C plus to a B minus. Yeah. Almost. Actually, no, this is more like a D plus to a C minus. I don't know. I mean, Asian standards, right? Yeah. Anyways, the episode... Three, I, I mean, I, I watched it, and it's hardcore. It's really, really good. Do you want to talk about what it's about? I, I, <laughs> or do you want to just leave it to the, the curious listener okay, to I go was, check I out the Okay, I will say this. The, I thought it was going to be very slice of life, you know, very, very chill anime. And it turns out that that was a precursor to the hardcore what it actually is, which is about female high school students in a theater school and trauma and stress and pressure that comes with being to being like performance competition being competitive you know cutthroat kind of industry and just bad stuff happening to good people 
and how they deal with it. And I guess you know, with all the bad stuff that happens in the show, like I'm pretty pretty sure it caught the attention of a lot of people in terms of like spiking their interests. I mean, going from a six point nine to a seven point two, like that to that's seven, a, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a big jump. That's a big jump, and I am being very like cagey about what these things are. I'm sure if you want to find out, you can Google it. Uh, but I have to say, it's extremely well done and extremely powerful and emotional and. It was kind of hard to watch, but at the same time, you can't deny the fact that they did it very well. All right, so go check it out. Uh, where did you watch it? I watched it on uh, Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll or it's, Funimation. I, I can't remember. Either one. I mean, eventually, they're, go, they're both going to be the same. Yeah, they are both going to be the same. I don't know if they're going to split it, though. Yeah, we. Well, if if you don't remember, we should go back to our Crunchyroll episode and uh, talk about you know Funimation mergers and shit. <laughs> We have done we have done an episode on this. Yeah, episode four. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Not long ago. Yeah. Okay. So, excluding Crunchyroll and Funimation, I watched a Netflix movie that uh, premiered on Netflix on July twenty second. Anime original movie called Words Bubble Up Like Soda Pop. It's a very cute and bubbly name. And it's a very cute and bubbly anime. It is the music was composed by Kensuki. Yushio, which may not ring a bell for a lot of people, but if I say A Silent Voice, Devilman Crybaby, and Ping Pong the Animation. Two of which I've watched. And they did the music for that. He's also slated to compose the music for Chainsaw Man. This this just builds up a lot of hype for Chainsaw Man in that you've got a great music composer, you've got a great studio behind it, and the little trailer that we had seen like a month ago just hype. My my hype levels are like off the charts right now. Yeah, it's really good. But what about words pop up like soda pop? So okay, so it's also directed by the director who did your line. Oh, April. Sorry, words bubble up like soda pop. Yeah, words bubble up like soda pop. So it's directed by the director for your line. April, which is another music anime. So this is like right up, uh, the like his repertoire is perfect because this show is about music. Specifically, it's about. A guy and a girl, a guy being very, have social skills that is not quite refined, not very good. And he writes haikus and talks about a girl who is like a streamer but has certain insecurities with being a teenage girl. And their relationship and their sort of adventures that takes place primarily in a shopping mall. The color palette is extremely vibrant and to the point where it's like... Very, a little, almost distracting. It resembles, you know, pop art? Yeah. It, it's basically pop art, the anime, in terms of looks. The anime, uh, the, the music is extremely well done. Like, really, really good. And uh, it's kind of funny that, like, this anime is extremely wholesome. And it's probably perfect for anyone who maybe is not that into anime, but is willing to, like, watch something. This is a very easy gateway anime to watch. I mean, as far as Netflix exclusives, right? It's a pretty well done. Definitely, if you have a Netflix subscription, it's worth checking out. I would say that in the summer months, a lot, or just like in general, it's just a lot of not so good stuff been happening around the world. This show is kind of like lifts you up a bit. It makes you really feel really good about a lot of things. I would say it's an 8.5 out of 10, but more 8 than 9. 
So oh, that's still good, though. No, that, no, it's extremely good. Uh, it's just not exceptional. But I would say everyone should watch it and give it a shot, including you, Will. All right. Uh, how, how, much, how much else did you watch the past two weeks? So Will called me out and said that I ended up not watching a lot of homework and instead watched a lot of seasonal stuff. And I am sorry. I did do that. I caught up with a bunch of shows, and one of them being Girlfriend, Girlfriend. Uh, I've already said my piece on it, but I will just add one more statement, which is, in 2019, Will, we got Domestic Girlfriend. Is that correct? Yep. In 2020... Which I I really love. Yep. In 2020, we got Rent-A-Girlfriend. Is that correct? Yep, which I don't really like. In 2021, we have Girlfriend, Girlfriend. Which you seem to like. I really like. And I think they are all kind of in the same vein, although different qualities. But they're kind of, yeah, the, I don't know what 2022 is going to give us. But my suggestion is uh, the 100 girlfriends who really, 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 really love you. uh, If they ever get an anime adaptation, that'll be be like a girlfriend anime in the title every year for the past like four years. And then I dropped a bunch of shows, but nah, nothing really much to talk about there. Yeah, I think in terms of seasonals, I'm I'm, I'm trying to streamline what I'm watching. Unfortunately, it seems that you know, Remain, the the water polo anime that I was pretty stoked to watch, hasn't really kept my interest. I think I've dropped it after episode two. Really, should maybe just watch one more because I think after like two episodes, three episodes, um, out of like one cur. And it's it doesn't have any water polo in it yet. Like I'm not quite sure what I'm watching now. So I mean, maybe if you said that it's about a high school team getting assembling, right? So maybe once they assemble the team, I don't know. I mean, it's also already like one quarter of the way through the season. Like, how much of the season is left for me to actually watch any water polo? Oh, that's true. Okay, you know? I think I think like the main focus of it was more like like you said, right? Focusing on actually getting people interested in water polo because let's be real, water polo is not exactly the most popular sport, um, especially here in high school. Like swimming is already tough enough. You want to start like swimming and also throwing a ball into a net. That that is like extreme shit. Even though I played it when I was in high school, it wasn't an easy sport to play. Um, so that one's kind of like on the. Like the whole slash drop list for me, but I'm still watching Realist. You know that it's a it's a damn good show. A lot of you know personal like favorite lines that have come out of it for me. Um, yeah, I, I'm probably gonna keep keep rolling with that. Black Company. Black Company. I'm putting it a bit on the back burner because there's only so many isekais I can handle at one go. Right. I mean, before That's it fair. was Jobless Reincarnation, and now it's you know Realist. How Realist you know rebuilt the kingdom. Like that one is. I would say at the moment, the go-to show for me this season. But outside of this show, I've also been watching a few other things, uh, particularly you know because you know, some stuff is on Netflix, and I haven't really bothered to watch that much more Netflix stuff. I figured, hey, you know, we're going to be talking about a you know a specific discussion topic on on Netflix, so might as well just you know start watching more stuff. So a while ago, we watched a show called The Great Pretender. Now, when we first watched it, we could see it had like the hallmarks of you know a good heist series. You know, it's got good pl- 
plot, good planning. Uh, not to mention it was also done by Wood Studio. You know, the music and the color palette is fantastic. The character designs are great. The voice acting is great, except when they do the English parts. That was a little bit weird. Oh, that was extremely distracting. Yeah. Um, thankfully, you know, as the series went on, they don't really focus on much uh, of that. Uh, but one thing I, we I, did I, notice I, as well was when we were talking about watching season one, which is like the first three cases, we liked it, but it wasn't like, oh, this is amazing. Like at the time, I think like on Mal, it was an 8.4, 8.5, which is extremely high. And I didn't think it warranted something that high. I, I, I can agree it's an eight, but like I wouldn't push it so high that it's like a top 100 show, you know? Yeah. So then I decided, you know what? Like it's been a while since I watched the show. Season two's been out for a long time. Why don't I start watching it? And it turns out that season two was actually pretty damn good. Yeah, it still ha- I, I still carry over some of the the problems I had with the series, and that you know the 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 whole plotting of their heists. It, when it comes to the planning, it's you know, very blunt and plain to see. But at least you know when they carry it out, like the execution is is done really well. Yeah, you know, I, I I did find myself you know smiling and laughing more in the second season than the first season, and so it's definitely you know something I, I'm I, I enjoy a lot more. Uh, I could definitely recommend people to watch Great Pretender. It is quite long, like a total of twenty four episodes, I think. But hey, look, if you have Netflix and you want a good time, and it's also the Wood Studio, check that shit out. Other shows I've been watching, and this is also another show that I watched a bit of it a while ago, but had to put it on hold because of. Um, certain scenes. Uh, this show is B Stars. So B Stars actually started rolling out the second season recently. So uh, the mo- I think they're also releasing the new seasons, uh, the new episodes on Netflix because it is you know a Netflix show. It's it's a very interesting show. It's very in depth. It's about a uh, high school, but instead of you know with regular human beings, uh, they're all like. Beastmen. They're all like animals. They're all like basically like you know you have like walking, talking giraffes, wolves, foxes, lions, uh, rabbits, and sheep, and all that. So it's if you've watched Zootopia before, right? Or you know of Zootopia? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that where you have like you know herbivores and carnivores. You have like prey and predator animal species all coexisting together. So essentially, it is like a full representation of like the animal kingdom, but using a high school as the setting and you can see like that's how like certain character dynamics and relationships are built upon the relationship between a predator animal and a prey animal um but as the series develops you start sort of seeing the lines getting a bit blurred you know like if you're a carnivore like are you always going to be set on you know eating meat and then you look around and like you see all these other prey animals as your classmates you know do you start you know tapping into your your animal instincts like your 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 beast mentality and start eating them too so there's a lot of you know sort of you know questionable like themes and tones in terms of what it really means to be a specific animal within this particular kingdom uh i I think it's very well written it did take a little while to get over that one particular scene but once you get past it it's it's a very enjoyable watch i think you you've watched like what one two episodes yourself uh yeah i watched Two episodes of it. I basically got to the point that you're talking about. So if I can overcome that, get over that hump, yeah, it would. I think I'll be fine. Or that lump. So it is done. It's a 3D anime, uh, and it is done by Studio Orange, which I love a lot because they did Land of the Lustrious, 
which is kind of, to me, the pinnacle of 3D anime. They should do season two, please. But instead, they announced season three of Beastars. So, I mean, but that being said, like, Beastars is, the animation is done very, very well. It's almost like if all 3D anime is like that, I would have zero problems. Yeah, but not every studio is Studio Orange, right? Uh, in fact, there's only one Studio Orange. I mean, like, you know, Polygon Pictures is trying their best, but they never seem to be able to uh, impress you. Nope. Yep. That's a shame, because there's a lot of good shows on Polygon Pictures. And I watch some of them, too. Yeah, so... you don't like them. Yeah. Because you're picky. Because yeah. they're not Studio Orange. That's just it, yeah. right? Once you've had, you know, the taste of, you know, once you've drank that sweet Kool-Aid... It's, it's kind of hard, right? It's orange all the way, man. Yeah. The last show I watched uh, that was also on Netflix, this one was more out of curiosity as opposed to me genuinely wanting to watch it. It's Seven Deadly Sins. So this is a Kodansha adapted uh, series. So you know, originally the manga is recorded on Kodansha. Uh, the first two seasons, actually, well, two, first two and a half seasons. So the second season is like what, only five episodes, I think. Um, so it was originally, uh, yeah, it was originally produced uh, and animated by A One Pictures, and then the latter two seasons, including the most recent ones, with so seasons four and five, are done. By Studio Dean. Oh, Will, you kind of like Studio Dean, yeah, right? You're great. Studio Dean's fantastic. Have you watched Fate Stay Night? Fucking incredible. Not. Uh, so I think if if anyone keeps up to date with you know my anime list or even like you know just looking on on YouTube or Reddit, there are so many memes in terms of the drop off of quality from you know A One Pictures Seven Deadly Sins to Studio Dean Seven Deadly Sins. So I. I wasn't going to try and watch so much that I could see the comparison. Like, just looking at the memes themselves was already enough. I just wanted to see what made this show so popular, you know, because it is a hugely popular show. It's got a lot of following on my anime list. The ranking itself isn't great, but popularity-wise, it is very damn high. So I thought, hey, you know, I used to watch a lot of shonen shit. Why don't I check this out? So essentially, it follows a, a troop of warriors, soldiers, knights, uh, that you know served as you know the seven deadly sins. So you have you know different characters. You have seven of them, all of, uh, you know in accordance to the specific sin they represent. So wrath, envy, greed, lust, pride, sloth, uh, and lust. Did I say lust already? Yeah. So those seven. Uh, and so it's it's an interesting show in the sense that had I watched it when I was you know a wee lad. You know, when I was maybe you know twelve, thirteen, I probably would really enjoy the show, except that at that time, what I was watching was Bleach and Naruto, and One Piece, and the occasional Dragon Ball. So that was my shonen. I can see like if I was thirteen, twelve, thirteen in this era of watching fairy, uh, not fairy tale, uh, watching Seven Deadly Sins, yeah, I could probably get down with it. As of now, I'd say it's a it's a good seven point five, more towards a seven than an actual eight. But yeah, uh, you can watch it on Netflix. Uh, all five seasons are on Netflix. Up to you. If you want to watch anything beyond the A One Pictures adaptation, because Studio Dean has, oof. look, if it's not Higurashi, I don't think there's much good like Studio Dean stuff. Okay, maybe there's like Rama Half and Rooney Kenshin, but those things came out in like the eighties and nineties. So let's not talk about the merits of Studio Dean, and we'll talk about just watch A1 Picture stuff and then decide if you want to look at something that is totally not good, 
but you still like the Seven Deadly Sins franchise. All right. Anything else, Will? Uh, yeah, that's that's about it, really. Um, yeah, I, I think in terms of you know watching stuff, yeah, I'm still gonna try and keep up to date with seasonals. But at the moment, I think Realist is the only one that I will be actively staying on top of. The other ones, you know, they will trickle down to the point where I start watching. I mean, for example, like I don't know if I'm gonna keep watching Aquatope. I don't know if I'm gonna like, ever watch. You know, the Detective is already dead. Uh, I that's one of the shows I dropped. So I dropped. Peach Boy Riverside, I dropped The Detective is Already Dead, and The Duke and Death and His Maid. Those three I'm definitely dropping. And then the ones that are on a chopping block, interestingly enough, is The Case Study of Vinitas and Remake Our Life. Because those shows apparently are really good. Ratings are really high for it. But I just it's just not vibing with me. Maybe if I watch a, like maybe one or two more episodes, that's why it's on the on hold. It's on the chopping block, but it's not like dropped but yet. based on like first impressions not quite our style yeah it's, right? just, it's all right with case study of Vinitas being like very gorgeous production value oh, absolutely it's, it's absolutely like pristine but i'm just not vibing with the music uh not vibing with the story the music actually was okay the music was great yeah i, I like the music but story-wise uh i don't know how many episodes i have to give it before i can actually say i'm interested in it and remake our life just Sounds like a very, very good slice of life coming of age story. That's about it. Nothing wrong with it. It's just that there's already a lot of SOL out there, right? Yeah, and I just feel like, yeah, this might be a very good one, but you know, maybe I'll watch it when it's all done, or maybe I'll watch it later and see how my opinions might change. So yeah, well, that pretty much wraps up you know the stuff we've been watching so far. Um, not um, including homework for our main yeah, discussion. I'm pretty sure you know later on we'll be talking about a lot more stuff that we've been watching and consuming, whether it's in the past two weeks or through our lifetime. But we're going to put that into the actual discussion, and we're going to move on to our news break. So we've got a couple things we wanted to talk about. Two one things, of, actually. One of which I think was actually fucking hilarious. Should we, should we start with the, the... I think they're both hilarious. Well, what are you talking about? Which one do you want to go? Do you want to go French or BBC? Let's go French. All right. So what's happening in France, Jason? So apparently there is an app that the French government has launched in May. And it gives every 18-year-old in France 300 euros. So it's like 3,000 Hong Kong dollars or 350 US dollars to spend on the arts. I don't know what that means. I guess, in a way, it's supposed to be very broad because they just want uh, money to stimulate, uh, you know, the youth and their artistic passions and so on and so forth. And the youth responded because the New York Times reports that as of July, 75% of all purchases made through the app are on books. And roughly two-thirds of that was manga. So then now the app was originally called Culture Pass, but now the French news media is now referring to it as the Manga Pass. And I just think that that is just, like, so good. It's just, like, French otakus, French weaves just everywhere consuming. It's like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll take 300 euros. I'm just going to buy all the digital manga I can buy with 300 euros. And guess what? Let's go. So, yeah. uh, It's just funny that... Everyone just spent all that, 75% of people who bought books spent all of it on manga. 
what's great as well, actually two pieces of news that came out of it was um, Macron, uh, the the French president. I think he got like some sort of illustration from Ichiro Oda, who's the creator of One Piece. And since this this plan rolled out, they had actually sold. Well, actually, yeah, they up to a million copies of One Piece was was sold, which represented around just over eight percent of the whole manga market. Like they sold twenty five million copies of One Piece since two thousand thirteen, so that represented like a huge boost to manga sales, specifically for for One Piece, but still the manga industry. You can tell, right? It's still alive and thriving. Like people who still, you know, are locked in. People want to read stuff as opposed to watch stuff. So manga sales are going up the roof. I mean, it, one line in that article was talking about how a kid bought like the whole entire series uh, for JoJo Part Six Stone Ocean, which is really depressing because he was able, to, he or she was able to get it all in its entirety of seventeen volumes in French, and they're still translating part three in english yeah well what are you gonna do just watch the anime i, I have I, that's why i'm waiting till whenever the fuck it gets released uh in 2022 very likely in october so when winter no not when winter when when fall rolls out so yeah france is having a manga boom so congrats to them yeah yeah, that, yeah not well. the next bit of news is not necessarily a congratulations it's more of like a good job you got done fucked up and it's only applicable to people who watch anime which i just find like hilarious so obviously not to mention also if 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 you're following the olympics as well right so for those who don't know or those who haven't left the house the olympics is happening yeah it's actually a thing it's going on which is it still really bothers me that where it's 2021 but they still call it the 2020 tokyo olympics like did it, did, did it was it going to cost you know promoters and advertisers that much to just change it from 2020 to 2021 probably maybe because they've already made those merchandise maybe so yeah i guess anyway so um uh, one particular event uh that i actually i, I didn't watch the bouldering i'll watch the first event of it is essentially wall climbing like rock climbing and in the backdrop of a particular uh when the climbers were were ascending uh in the backdrop there is a a, a robot a robot just chilling in the background you know japan robots and all that it's synonymous right you can't talk about japan without robots Except that when you talk about robots, usually you would try and talk about the right robot. And apparently, when the BBC decided to tweet this particular picture, they just went ahead and assumed that, you know, this this robot, ah, it's cool that these climbers are okay. are climbing in the presence of, you know, a transformer. So here's the, uh, the exact quote from BB, BBC Sports' Twitter page. Just when you thought speed climbing was frightening enough... You now need to impress a Transformer 2 at hashtag Tokyo 2020. Now, a lot of listeners now would probably be smacking uh, their forehead right now because it is not a Transformer. It is a Gundam, which, hello, of course it is a Gundam. And uh, Wait, you mean to tell me that thing in the back is not Optimus Prime? Nah, man. Dude died. Oh, shit. Wait, he dies? Oh, sorry. Wow, dude, spoiler. Nah, I don't give a fuck. Anyways. So, um, yeah, 
someone the BBC people messed up the uh, Transformers with uh with a uh, Gundam with Transformers, and uh, it's really funny because the commentators also said something that I thought was super priceless because it was like going past this giant statue of Gundam, which is some sort of famous robot. Uh, I don't know anything about it. And then also, they also referred to it as Gundam, the unicorn robot, which is really half right because the Gundam that is being displayed is Gundam unicorn. So it's like the model, but they call it the... <laughs> it's like, man, E for effort, I guess. Uh, I mean, they tried at least. And when they rectified it as well, like in the original post they had on Twitter, it was featuring um, a, a Spanish climber. And then that's where they talked about, they made the, the Transformer quip. And then in the follow-up, they were like, okay, we see what we did there. But really, really, like who would win, right? It would, be, would it be a Transformer or would it be a, uh, would it be a Gundam? And then they then had a Japanese climber in the forefront of this image, which so, I'm just—it's just like the biggest indirect the, sorry. Bend the nose. I mean, like, yeah, you, you all, y- y'all fucked up, right? Okay, I, I understand. Like, apparently, the BBC or any of its networks have not like broadcasted any anime in over like in over two decades. But come on, like, if you had just set a robot, that would have been fine. But they tried to be smart. They tried to be so smart, and they had egg on their face in the end. So then this tweet got retweeted as of right now 19.4 times and got favorited 19.1 times. But I'm I'm guessing the favorited is not like the good kind of favorite. It's favorites like, oh, wow, I just want to remember this bullshit. You remember that one time that the BBC done fucked up? So, yeah, there you go. That is... Uh, Gundam's contribution it's very, to very very 2021 as well, where it's like, do you just assume that the robot was a transformer? It's like, oh, you didn't like think to ask if it was a Gundam instead. <laughs> there was like a lot more memes where it's like it just starts showing like the robots like from Evangelion, from Macross, from Gundam. You're like, this is a transformer. That's a transformer. This is all transformer. News are they're all transformer. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention the internet descended. And just was just having a ball with with the BBC Twitter account. It was just saying stuff like, "Oh, I see." So A B C D E O, and then they show like the Evan, as Will said, the Evangelion robot. They showed like what else? they show Transformers and being like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are all these are all Gundams, right?" You know, like mocking them. And it's just, I love the internet sometimes when it comes to this because they just like took the piss out of everything. We can give BBC Sports some slack. I figured that for them, like they probably aren't as up to date with you know modern media, which would include anime and manga. Like again, like you said, right? E for effort. At least they tried. But when they tried to backtrack, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we know we fucked up." But by the way, do you think a transformer or a, like, no? Stop talking about transformers. You fucked up the first time. Why are you like backtracking on your mistake and then bring it back up again? So. Why don't you just send a tweet saying that you apologize that for this, you know, error? And then just say that instead of trying to walk it back, but be like, but no, but really, guys, Transformers versus Gundams, huh? And I'm just like, really? What's really funny as well is not only are people like memeing or just like, you know, like shit talking the BBC, but there are actually people that are like literally 
on Twitter and explaining what the difference between a Transformer is and a Gundam is, where like Gundams are piloted by a human, Transformers are sentient beings, or like, oh, uh, Gundams have two eyes and a V-shaped antenna that are very easy to recognize. Like, I don't think that's the point that like people are trying to make about the whole BBC gaffe. I think it's just the fact that they tried to be smart and then they got caught. That's it. I just love the internet just went on town. There's like a there's a picture of a dog with a katana and it says like after you call my Gundam Transformers you want peace. You know, it's just like it's just like, <laughs> Oh man, it's so dumb, but I love it. Yeah. Will Will's just yeah. looking at all the responses. I'm, I'm just looking at them all, man. It's it's fantastic. Oh, <laughs> did you see the one where they uh they uh said that as a transformer, but then they showed a picture of the actual like electrical appliance transformer? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. There's also ones where like they put in things like from Super Saint Seiya. You remember that? Yeah, I remember super, that. Super old school. It's like, hey, at least they didn't put one of them Goku's in there. That'd be a real bad situation. It's like, yeah, no, like we're now we're all like just trying to take as much of the piss out of the BBC. I it's, was like, it's, what, it's, it's great. What was it like? There was like a line that people say is like, oh, you can't something like they combined Lord of the Rings, they combined Star Wars, they combined like all these well-known properties into one sentence just to tilt everyone. Yeah. It's just like that. So anyway, so we kind of went off on that, but hey, BBC Sports, you're all right. Just just try to do your research. Hey, man, I guess everything is a Transformer now. Yeah, man. That's it. Actually, to be fair. It's, it's robots in disguise, it, man. It's, it's actually great because like in the upcoming seasons, there's going to be a lot of new Sunrise produced like mechas, whether it's Macross or... Uh, new uh, Kyoki Senki, uh, which is like the anime original, uh, for, uh, essentially a new Gundam. And then there's going to be more Mobile Wing Gundam stuff. There's going to be more Iron Blood, Iron uh, uh, Blood Orphans stuff as well. I mean, the Netflix released uh, Gundam Mobile Suit Hathaway film. Yep. Which I've I think there's three of them actually. Three Hathaway films. We even more than one. I think well, there's the one that was released like not so long ago as like the latest entry in the series. Yeah, so there's gonna be a lot more. Well, a lot more actually. No, not a lot more Gundam stuff. A lot more Transformers stuff. Do you think will we have to do a Mecha episode at one point? Nope. Okay. We can, no, we can't because like we'd have to watch all the Transformer movies as well. Oh yeah, I forgot about right? that. Right, yeah, right. Because right? that's totally anime, right? Transformers is anime. So and that then, it- and then the Michael base of is the live action. So, so that's the end of our news segment. Will is having hey, fun with hey, this. Hey, hey, BBC, if you need to be educated on your anime and manga, you can always just hit us up, okay? you We, we have our Twitter handle. Just just let us know. We will manage your, your Twitter page when you decide to be smart with the anime. Or maybe just lean into it. Yeah, just accept the fact that, you know, you made a mistake and you want to learn from it. Just watch this. Like you know, After the Olympics, you're going to start broadcasting anime on BBC. Be like, I'm so sorry, Japan. This is this is let let us let us make do by saying let's air Evangelion, or, and not yeah. Gundam, or, or 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 they could also air um, Macross. But oh man, Macross is super old. That's that's a whole can of worms I don't want to open. Yeah. Did you ever watch Macross? Long long time ago. Yeah, I did. I even played the video games that came out on PS One. 
Really? Yeah, dude, super old school. I love playing. This. It, it, it was essentially one of those like real time strategy games, um, but because like I only bought the games in Japanese, I had a Japanese PlayStation. I had to guess a lot of the things. I wasn't like, oh, so it's like me with Final Fantasy VII. Exactly. I wasn't privy to like start reading hiragana and katagana and figuring out what the fuck I was trying to do. So I figured, okay, this was in that position and that was in that position. So that means this and this means that. So I'm going to use this and then hopefully win and then yet and then I don't. So uh, I remember uh, I discovered how to save in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, best you, discovery ever. You, you just tried to one shot the game, huh? I speed, did. Final Fantasy speed run. I, I don't know. I didn't know back then. Actually, what was the what would be the record for a Final Fantasy VII speed run? I don't know. I'm sure if you Google it, you'll yeah, find so it. Whoever there, whoever's listening, just just tweet us the info. I I can't be bothered to look it up. Well, to be fair, I didn't do a speed run. I just left my PlayStation on. And then when you found out how to save it, you finally gave your PlayStation a rest. Like yeah. You just hear in the background, your PlayStation is still ready. It's just like, Master, I'm tired. <laughs> Please let me rest. Yeah, but you got to keep it on, man. You I, got, yeah. I got to play that game, man. Cloud ain't going to save the world, man. And then the PS1 is like, okay, I get it. I get it. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that, that, that's, that's basically the news. Good thing this time around we have some funny shit to laugh at. BBC, keep doing what you're doing. But I have to say, though, the fact that all of a sudden, like, French 18-year-olds are buying manga, like, through the roof is just so cool to me. Yeah, you can trust that there's going to be diehard weebs and anime manga fans out there that, you know, will do whatever they can to profess their love for the medium. I mean, it's just like how um, a couple months ago when Redo of a Healer was banned in Germany... So then all the German fans decided to buy out all the Blu-rays. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like... I wouldn't do it, but yeah, I'm not there. That's just the power of anime, man. Anime and manga. It lets you do things that you normally wouldn't do. Yeah, anime and manga strong. Very strong. Resilience. I mean, again, I I, I don't like Redo of a Healer. I don't... I haven't watched a single episode. Do not. Okay. Absolutely do not. All right. So that is the end of our news segment, and we will be on to our break. Before that, Will, anything? Yeah. Finally, we get to talk about stuff where we've been doing a lot of homework. Um, Hey, I did a lot of homework, too. Hint, 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 wink, wink. I did a lot of homework. What are you you talking about? You did. You did. You did. Now you got to prove it. Oh, you're going to call me out on that? Yeah. Fine. Fine. As we we call you out. Prove yourself, Fluffy Senpai. Yeah, okay. All right. We're going to go over a break, and then we're going to go defuse the situation and come back with a a nice nitty-gritty topic to talk about. We'll catch you in a bit. Later. listening to the second half of today's episode of the good anime palette podcast we've had our break uh we've had a little time to put together our thoughts for how we want to roll out to this second half of the discussion so uh i hope you're ready to talk about all the homework that we've been doing we've done a lot of homework for this one actually not just in the past two weeks but essentially throughout our whole anime at manga career i would say that my consumption in this is quite high too very, very high. I, in fact, there's going to be a specific segment that I want to roll out, uh, which kind of highlights, you know, oh, how, no. how how big this whole 
Netflix anime landscape is. So if you haven't noticed, today we're going to be talking about Netflix. Specifically, and anime. Specifically, yes, anime within Netflix and Netflix's contribution to the anime industry. So I think for a lot of people nowadays, you have at least one video subscription uh, plan, right? Whether it's Netflix, Hulu, Crunchyroll, Funimation, Amazon, High Dive, whatever. But I think for the most part, Netflix is, is a king among kings within this particular industry. And so I think what we really wanted to talk about, you know, was not just, you know, what Netflix is, you know, why we have Netflix, but more using Netflix as a platform to consume anime and what it's done in the grander scheme of things, whether it comes down to partnerships or coordination for production, uh, serializing or licensing certain series and what the future holds for anime within Netflix and how Netflix can grow that particular industry. So Netflix... I remember Netflix as back in the day when it started only doing DVDs. And then they had a very minimal, like minimal online presence as a streaming platform when video streaming wasn't even really a thing. Yeah. So I relied, and I think a lot of people back then, they had disc plans. And then the streaming plan is like an added bonus. Like no one gave a shit about the streaming plan. Also, in general, back then, I would say... Netflix's involvement with anime is pretty minimal. What was your experience like? Will? I think when I first started using Netflix, it was mostly to watch you know live action shows or whatever you know stuff that Netflix had. So essentially, you know, watching stuff like Futurama, watching South Park, watching The Simpsons, those kinds of shows. When it came to anime, uh, at least from like my earliest memory, it was. The usual suspects, right? Like Full Metal Alchemist, Naruto, Bleach. I think One Piece was on there at the time. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I think it was like stuff that I already watched when I was a kid uh, because of the fact that, you know, growing up, I think that was just basically it. You know, before streaming, a lot of times you would just have dedicated TV channels that would broadcast anime. It's like in Hong Kong, we had Animax. In the US, they have Toonami. In Japan, they have a bunch of different platforms, a bunch of different uh, TV channels that have uh, syndicated anime shows. So that's generally like how I consumed a lot of my anime. And then when using Netflix, it was nice to know that it was there, but I already watched it. But since then, it's the, the catalog has grown. Oh, yeah, it's definitely grown a lot. And I would say even before when, Will, you watched anime, all I remember on there were kid shows that were anything Very related much. to animation. Yeah, so I think like... Stuff like Beyblade, Pokemon, Digimon, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, a lot of the, the stuff that we grew up watching as kids uh, would be on there. And I think it's because at the time, a lot of the stuff was already licensed in America, so therefore it wasn't too hard to get licensing for Netflix because they already had like the dubbed versions ready to roll out. So according to Netflix, whenever you watch an anime, sometimes you would see uh, a little kind of credit that says Netflix anime originals or exclusive Netflix original Netflix anime something like that or sometimes when you click on the the the, the show there would see a little Netflix symbol on the top left yeah, hand a little, corner a little n a red n so a lot of people might be figuring out what that means and a lot of people who venture a guess would say oh it's exclusively licensed and owned by Netflix Actually, when we dug a little deeper, 
the meaning is actually all over the place. So funny, funny enough, when you go all the way back to the first one that got labeled Netflix anime originals, it turns out to be Knights of Sidonia season one on Independence Day, July 4th, 2014 by, uh, by Polygon Pictures. And the ironic thing is that you can't access Knights of Sidonia now because they left the service for five years in on July 3rd, 2019. And then it came back and then they lost the license again. But back then, the first sort of real splash that Netflix had with anime was with Knights of Sidonia. And then um, as of recording, the Hong Kong Netflix has... Both? No, no, no. They're not available anywhere, at least on Hong Kong Netflix. Can you check, Will? Uh, I mean, I, I haven't seen it. Cause, uh, when I was putting together a specific list I wanted to roll out, I didn't see it when I was looking on Hong Kong Netflix. Right. So basically, another thing that we also want to reiterate as as sort of main consumers of anime, we go by seasons, the seasonal cur. You know, there's four seasons in a year, each each uh each split by three months. So then there is like a format towards how anime seasonals are released. We talk about all the time. And if you are a hardcore or even, you know, beyond a casual anime fan, you would know of this. But Netflix doesn't follow that. Very rarely they do. If it's a big show, like for instance, if it's like Jujutsu Kaisen or if it's like Demon Slayer, My Academia, even Haikyuu, if it's like, They'll, they'll release it, but usually it's like a couple days afterwards. So if it's if released on a Saturday, it'll show up on Netflix on a Wednesday or a Thursday, something like that. But for the most part, anything that's airing as a seasonal anime, like for example, like whatever's rolling out this this season, you're not going to see it on Netflix until after the season is over, at the very least. Tends to be like at least six to twelve months after something's done. Like, like for instance, like Jujutsu Kaisen, it didn't get on Netflix until like half a year later, I think. I mean, Horimiya right now is on Hong Kong Netflix, so that was relatively fast. But what also I was trying to say that Netflix does not follow the typical seasonal anime cycle is they're exclusive, so to speak. Also, they just release it when they want, where they want, however they want. It just depends on what licenses they get, right? Like one one show that you watched, I think, was uh, teasing uh, Takagi-san. Yes. Right? So season one is exclusively on Crunchyroll, but season two is on Netflix. Exclusively. So it's kind of like that weird situation where it's like, well, we can't buy the rights from Crunchyroll because they already have that locked in, uh, but they don't have it near the rights for season two, so why don't we go ahead and pick it up? So it kind of you know, proves like a, a weird situation where like you want to watch all of Takagi, but you only have Netflix or you only have Crunchyroll. Like, what do you end up doing? So when, you, when it comes towards the label and definition of Netflix original anime, it is extremely confusing because, for example, in June 2019, Netflix announced that it now holds the exclusive international streaming license for Neon Genesis Evangelion. And then the series was labeled as a Netflix original. Now, if you know your anime history, Netflix does did not make Neon Genesis no. Evangelion. No. In fact, Neon Genesis Evangelion predates Netflix as a service. But... The freshly produced English dub is new, and Netflix produced it. So then, therefore, they had the rights to call it a Netflix original. 
So most of these series that listed as Netflix original anime are neither produced nor owned by Netflix. Instead, most of them are just animes that are licensed for streaming from the Japanese studios directly to Netflix without another licensor like Funimation or Crunchyroll as an intermediary. I mean, these sort of shows also would have aired sometimes uh, in Japan on regular broadcast, and they will then be released, won't be released weekly, but will be released when the season wraps up as a whole. And there's actually a special term for this kind of phenomenon. And uh, it can be a long wait for people. And then, have you heard of Netflix jail, Will? Yes, but before we go into that, I actually wanted to roll out a segment which you completely missed out. If you don't mind, we sort of backtrack just okay, a little okay, bit. Okay, let's backtrack a bit. Unless you want to just roll on with your own No, thing. no, no, what, what you got? I mean, it's like, you know, like, why, why are you missing on the shit that I wanted to talk about? Sorry, I just didn't see it. I honestly didn't see it. You wrote it down. No, I didn't. It literally says Will's surprise segment at the end of the first part, which oh, okay. you also typed in. Okay, sorry. All right. uh, if you don't mind, would you kindly bring out a timer or a stopwatch? Because what I did over there uh, over this week was... I looked through the whole Hong Kong Netflix catalog for anime, and I've written down every single show that I've watched or consumed, whether it's in completion or just parts of it. But these are all shows that you can watch on Netflix Hong Kong. I didn't do U.S. Netflix because it's just more straightforward just to do one location. So if you don't mind counting me down, I'm going to go ahead and list every single show that I've watched at least some or completed uh, whether I've watched it on Netflix or I've watched it before. Okay, so I'm going to say three, two, one, go. And yep. on go, I'm going to start, okay? Yep. Three, two, one, go. A Place for the Universe, Agretzko, Ajin, Anahana, Assassin's Classroom, Astro Lost in Space, Attack on Titan, Be the Beginning, Baki, Beastars, Black Lagoon, Beach, uh, Bleach, BNA, Bungu Stray Dogs, Cannon Busters, Cells at Work, Cells at Work Black, Kogias, Death Note, Devilman Crybaby, Dura Hitero, Dr. Stone, Ergo Proxy, Fate Apocrypha, Fate Unlimited Blade Words, Fate Zero, uh, Forest of Piano, Fruits Basket, Fullman Alchemist Brotherhood, and Original, Future Diary, Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, Gossip, Great Pretender, Guilty Crown, Gurren Lagan, Genesis Samurai, Helsing Ultimate, High Score Girl, Higurashi, Horimiya, Hunter x Hunter, Irumakun, Just uh, Japan Six Twenty Twenty, Jujutsu Kaisen Adventure, All Four Parts, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, Cabinary uh, of the Iron Fortress, Kakuguri, Keep Your Hands Off of Isaken, Kamen Jihan, King of Ashura, Kono Oto Tomare, Konosuba, Kuruko's Basketball, Little Witch Academia, Millionaire Detective, Mob Cycle One Hundred, My Academia, uh, yeah, My Hero Academia, My Little Monster, Naruto, No Good No Life, One Punch Man, Promise Neverland, Psychopaths, Zero Zero, Rilakkuma, Rosario and Vampire, Run With the Wind, Zahi Case, Seraph at the End, Seven Deadly Sins, Bison Wolf, Tanya the Evil, Tatami Galaxy, Thus Book, You Should Be Rohan, Tiger and Buddy, Trigon, Ultraman, Violet Evergarden, Way of the House Husband, Yasuke, Yoramushi Pedal, Yu Hakusho, and High Rise Invasion. How long did that take? Uh, one minute, damn, four seconds. I don't want it to get it under one minute. So that was a total... Actually, technically... It should have been longer because, for example, with Full Metal Alchemist, you said uh, Brotherhood and or, you said Brotherhood and Original, so you technically should yeah, have said both. I should have said both. There's one you said all four seasons or yeah. something. So I should have said Bizarre exactly. Adventures, Phantom Blood, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and also the Diamonds Unbreakable and and Arumakun, those Crusaders. Arumakun needs the full Demon title. Demon School of our yeah. <laughs> I guess I, would, I should have also said then stuff like, um, yeah, anyways. So that was 83 shows. 
83 but shows. But you didn't watch. You watched some of some of them on Netflix. Some of them on other platforms like Crunchyroll. So the, not the none of these, not all of these are exclusive. In fact, like a, a very small percentage of these are exclusive, quote unquote. And you completed all of them? No, as, as I said, watched right. or completed. Okay, okay, okay. Right, so watch some part of it. Like for example, I definitely did not watch all of Komodo Jihen. That shit was boring as fuck. But that just goes to show that like from the beginning of when we first got into Netflix till now, the catalog is big. Now that doesn't mean that all the shows are good, which we're going to talk about later on, but. It just shows that if you don't have Crunchyroll, you don't have Funimation, you don't have High Dive or all the other platforms, you could still watch a fair amount of good anime on Netflix. I mean, just for myself alone, 83 shows. I'm sure for you, it'd be well over 100. Yeah, probably. Right? So that's this is the scale we're talking about. These are the strides that Netflix has made since we started. I mean, like I don't even remember when I got my first subscription. I think I had mine when I was still in, still in university. I, like uh, I had it in. I had it in like early two thousands. Two thousand eleven. I think that's when I had my first. Like when I actually started subscribing to Netflix. Oh, I I was even earlier. Yeah. So, so you because you had it like when it was like uh, disc on demand. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't have that. Mine was just. I think I I just did streaming. And then they had like a, the little envelope that yeah. you put the disc in, and, and you, you had like it, one, yeah. two, or three disc uh, service. So yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So there th- there were there are a few shows on that list. Say for example like Little Witch Academia and another show that also popped up on Netflix recently which is Shaman King the remake. Now, these shows had come out for like quite a while ago. However, while it was slated to come out on Netflix, it didn't come out immediately. And that was the point that Jason was going to be talking about, which is Netflix Jail. Now, I don't know if Netflix Jail pertains to other mediums within like well sorry other genres within netflix but i can tell you for a fact personally that in in the anime circle netflix jail is a term that has been used constantly at least when it refers to properties that are licensed by netflix so it is used to describe netflix rather i guess irritating business practice of releasing certain shows in this case anime shows Instead of releasing it week by week and that they acquire and co-produce, they would release it months after its original run on Japanese TV and maybe even Netflix Japan instead of simultaneously releasing it everywhere else. So as Will was mentioning, uh, Little Witch Academia, Shaman King. So originally I wanted to watch Shaman King for a long time. And then I was like, when the, it was like, like last season, it was it was airing. And I was like, how come I can't find it anywhere? And it was like, oh... Netflix has the right, oh, it's airing in two days. Technically, in Hong Kong, it'll be available. Actually, it should be available everywhere in two days. Uh, August 9th, I think, or something like that. And I was just like, oh, great. I just have to wait. Same thing with Luwish Academia. They had to wait. In fact, Will, earlier in the first session, was talking about Great Pretender. Will and I and another friend watched Great Pretender all the way till... The the end of season one, or what was released. Yeah, part one or season one or whatever you want to call it. And then we're like, okay, cool. When is the season two available? Oh, it's it technically finished airing according to Wikipedia. No, it is on the Japanese original run. It's available, but you won't get it until after the final episode has been released, which is like six months later or something like that. It took a while, and that was that wasn't like that was pretty much the major reason why we put that shit on hold. Yeah, and like after like when you wait that long after watching the first part, it's kind of like it's it's a hype train. Right, you want to keep that momentum going, but when you have to wait that long to carry on the next part, you lose interest. 
and this is the part where I think a lot of people try to figure out why Netflix does Netflix jail. And of course, Netflix as a platform, when they hold the license, they can do whatever the, the fuck they want. But what ends up happening uh, for uh, for a lot of people, actually, is that they seek other means to watch the show. Yeah, so whether it's going to a different platform or in some, actually, no, quite a lot of cases, people then turn to illegal streaming. So we don't condone that, but it just goes to the goes to show that if these weren't, you know, locked behind a, a, a Netflix jail, as they say, people are willing to watch it on a week by week basis. So I don't know. It sounds like they're losing customers, but on the other hand, if you're the type of person that would follow it week by week, and you'll hear us talking about the sentiment time and time again within this episode, it Netflix kind of is not for hardcore anime fans like us. Yeah, I think they, they, they do it specifically for anime as well. Because like, if you talk about other shows on uh, Netflix, like their live action stuff, right? Like Atypical, like Narcos, um, Stranger Things and all that, Snowpiercer, they all come out, they come out in bulk with the purpose of you sitting down and binging those episodes over like two, three days. You know, I, I think that that's kind of, you know, when we're talking about watching stuff on Netflix, it, whether it's anime or whether it's live action, it kind of promotes that culture of, of, of binging. So we binging is something that is rather odd for the seasonal anime watcher because a seasonal anime watcher, by definition, watches everything week by week, have the latest episode available week by week, simultaneous broadcasting in Japan and around the world at the same time. Yeah, I mean, remember when we were we were kids once, right? We would watch stuff like Dragon Ball or um, Slam Dunk or Pokemon or, you know, any sort of like other... Like, I mean, I remember when I was a kid and watching stuff like Futurama, right? But those things came out weekly. Or, you know, when the season ended and they started rolling out physical media, whether it's Blu-rays or DVDs, you bought that stuff and you could watch it whenever you want it. Now, because of the way streaming works and having stuff, you'd unload it in one go or having everything come out, you know, week by week, there are more options for you to either choose to watch stuff weekly or just crush that shit in, like, a matter of, like, days. Kind of like what I did with Haikyuu and watching 60 episodes over three days, which yeah. is tiring. But was well worth but, but it, right? You, you can do it, right? You have the ability to do it now. Like you can binge all of Demon Slayer, you can binge all of uh of of, of Full Metal Alchemist. You can. You don't have to, but you can. You don't have to sit there and wait week to week to week to watch some stuff that granted, that's not the case for every show. Stuff that's still like broadcasting the you know, live in Japan still follows a very strict like weekly basis. So you're not gonna start binging the final season of Attack on Titan when they're still doing it week by week in Japan. Yeah. Right? It's just certain shows, certain cases, especially stuff that's been released like years beforehand. Like so you can watch all five hundred episodes of Naruto Shippuden if you wanted, but you know, that's because that shit came out like two, three years ago. Now, for myself and I would presume a lot of seasonal anime watchers, this kind of binge culture I I think I'm perfectly fine with that. But it also poses interesting challenges. Because, for example, uh, on Reddit or on on my anime list or on any of these anime forums, they would have week-by-week discussions talking about the latest episode. And usually it's, it has this kind of community, this following, where 
everyone shares their opinion and you know or like anime watchers would chime in and then the manga watchers will chime in and you know spoilers or whatnot and everything but at least there was at least for me i would read and sometimes very rarely would comment on these threads and but it felt like i was part of something with a lot of people yeah i think that when it comes to these sort of weekly forums weekly discussion boards if you are as hardcore as you want to be for these specific shows or specific like comics or manga you would usually be on like a similar playing field in which everybody watched up to 11 episode 11 or episode 12 or whatever whereas when it comes to binging a show you can go on a discussion forum and there's a radio forum posts about what the whole show was about when you haven't even started yet so some people try to tackle this by having reddit do one season as one thread or they release each episode as a separate thread but all at once because they all got released at the same time but that to me kind of kills the momentum in a bit which is kind of interesting because the attention that it gets for like this uh presumably this netflix series like kagegurui for example it would spike real high but then after like two three weeks it just drops because everyone binged it already and uh so it creates a different dynamic and furthermore right like i remember for example do you remember demon slayer that really famous i mean of course you remember yeah the really well-known uh, episode, episode 19, I think. Although it was 1819. 1819, the one that kind of trended on Twitter. It basically showed the, the fullest potential of UFO Table. And that was before Demon Slayer went super crazy. It was already crazy, but like before it went super crazy. That was like that. That's what sparked like the record-breaking trend that it just ran off with. Like you just could not keep up with Demon Slayer anymore. I can't tell you for a fact. But I can say with a, with quite like co- quite confidently that if it was a Netflix show that got all released in one batch, you will not get the same kind of hype and attention and momentum that a week by week anime like Demon Slayer did with that episode. Yeah, not to say that it wouldn't have hype. It would. It would I would argue that it would, the hype would be even higher, but it wouldn't be long lasting. And I wouldn't remember that episode as. I would remember that whole season rather than oh remember that one episode? Yeah, like when it was releasing weekly, you would have people like just blowing the shit out of it. Just like, yo, this is fucking crazy freaking and then people started get started getting attention. People was like, okay, maybe I should start watching it now and starting to slowly catch up with it. And then that's how you prolong its legacy. The fact that even to this day there are probably still new Demon Slayer fans that are just now getting into it. But like you said, if it all just dropped in one go, yeah, the hype would probably skyrocket even higher than what it ever had before, but they would the, the train would slow down very very quickly. Yeah, and I also think that a lot of the conversation will not have been persistent throughout weeks and weeks and weeks, months and months for that one season, rather it would be like one week of intense discussion. So it's like concentrated rather than a slow and steady rise, you know, yeah. and then drop off. But that's not to say that binge culture is particularly bad. No, not at all. Because I think we have, I have been in situations where I just want to watch the next episode super badly. Specifically in my case, imagine I had to watch those 60 episodes of Haikyuu weekly. Now, of course, it, you know, it would have taken me over a year to do that. But the main thing is, when you're watching specific arcs, specific tournaments, 
you don't necessarily want to take a break. You want to just power through that shit and keep that hype train moving. Like me. If you watched season three of Haikyuu, but weekly. I did. It hurt. It did hurt. Right? Super bad. For me, it didn't. But at the same time, now for me, it's like, I'm not saying the hype train has died for Haikyuu, but it's like, I probably wouldn't get the same level of, oh my God, that shit was fucking intense. I, I, I could not believe, like, it took this long to get there, but I'm so glad I got there. More like now, it's more like, I'm so tired after watching one of the greatest sports anime arcs of all time. Now I need to go take a break and chill out. So a lot of people also would look at binge culture and then they'd be like, what's the point of a recap episode? But actually, the point of a recap episode is to recap something that has happened for week by week by week. Yeah, for the most part, for the most part, most people are like, I watched these episodes like just yesterday. Why don't you recap? It's like, well, if it was regularly released, yeah, episode you watched, yeah, that would have been released 10 weeks ago. I yeah. don't really remember what stuff I did last week. So. Like, it doesn't make sense uh, in the binge kind of way, that way it's licensed. But if it was the, the quote-unquote normal seasonal way that it was, maybe a recap before the penultimate or the finale would make sense. But because it's part of the whole season, when you binge it, you're just like, okay, I can skip that. But so all in all, I don't think binging... Or having everything released in one batch is necessarily a bad thing. I mean, like, people nowadays would be like, oh, don't worry about the watching episode 19 or 20. It's just a recap episode. You can skip that. And it's like, But back then, we didn't have that choice. It was like, because as you said, right, it's all part of a weekly schedule. We've been consuming it on a regular weekly basis. Yeah, I, we might not always enjoy recap episodes, but they're helpful. I would be so pissed when I would like watch a recap episode sometimes because I'll be like, I remember this. Yeah. I don't need a recap episode. Don't waste a slot. But then you realize after watching it, it's like this actually is very helpful. I appreciate the effort, but let's please go back to like what I actually signed up for in the first place, which is I need to see this fucking volleyball match play out, man. Stop playing all the recap of season two. So binge culture, which is I would say quite popularized by netflix or with, streaming services in general but netflix being in the forefront right uh netflix anime is no different but it makes it more frustrating when it is bound by netflix jail and won't be released until it is all done then a lot of people sometimes can't wait and will seek out means to quench their thirst yeah but as I mentioned earlier, right, there are there are some shows that kind of alleviate that a little bit, you know, like like Mario Academia, like Attack on Titan, where they do simul it's it's kind of simulcast but not really. So they, it's like yeah. they release it several days after the simultaneous casting. Yeah. But you would still be able to watch it as soon as possible, as opposed to waiting for the whole thing to end and then having all the episodes put onto Netflix in one go. Right, like on a weekly basis. Yeah. So um, that is not to say that, though, Netflix is just licensed out anime, uh, produces anime. Netflix also contributes to animation m- beyond producing and funding anime yeah, projects. Yeah, so you don't just go into Netflix and just watch shows. Behind the scenes, they're doing quite a lot of work. Right, I mean, they've they've already been in coordination with different, uh, you know, publishing companies, different licensors, uh, different media groups, and especially when it comes to Netflix, they've actually been like pretty much on the ground talking to a bunch of animation studios to produce Netflix original or Netflix exclusive content. 
um, sometimes even going further than that and going with specific studios to roll out programs for animators and producers. So we have actually mentioned this piece of news before, uh, but for those who are just joining us or who don't remember, on February 12th of 2021, Netflix and Wit Studio announced that the two companies will be partnering up to help new creators to get a head start in their animation studies and careers. So they set up this uh, Wit Animator Academy with training provided by animation schools. Sasayuri, I think is the name. And Netflix covering the cost of tuition and living expenses for 10 people for learning how to animate uh, anime. And then there there was a head lecturer and people who are on like Studio Ghibli Productions and the young animators will learn a bunch of stuff and then they would possibly get a job with these companies if once they graduate. So Netflix approximately will cover quite a lot of the tuition as well as providing like a stipend for these people who pass both the initial screening from Wit Studio and an interview with a producer at Netflix. So they kind of, in this case, put money where their mouth is and try to get people to, uh, you know, get into the industry. And I think that that is a win-win for Netflix because on one hand, you may think that 10 people is not a lot at all, but you also have to understand that from a public relations PR perspective, this shows this kind of like, Money is like a drop in a bucket for Netflix. And it kind of shows that you, quote, unquote, care about the anime industry. And then just because it starts off as 10 doesn't mean you can't, you know, increase it to 50 to 100 and so on and so forth, you know? And it's not just limited to people in Japan. Or no, it is people in Japan, but you don't have to be Japanese or like a Japanese citizen, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. And for someone who, if you want to work in Japan long term, before, like the 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 easiest way, but actually the the only way yeah. for a while was just to teach English. Teach English, and even then, it is not the the best life ever. Because you teach English two years, three years, the school program decides it doesn't need to continue anymore, and then what do you have left? Right, go to another school. That's essentially it, right? Whereas this actually gives you a pathway to employment. You know, you get into the country, or if you already are in the country, then you go through the interview process, you get your application processes done. And then you get your scholarships and room and board all sorted out. And then when you're done with the program, if you proved your worth, you would get employment within the industry. It's It, it sounds like, of course, like that's the whole aim, right? To get people input. But it's just the fact that such a program even exists in the first place is pretty dope. Exactly. Uh, you don't hear a lot of streaming platforms kind of fund uh, these kinds of programs. You, like, I wouldn't be... I think this is really cool because... If they if Netflix just did what they usually do and produce and license stuff, I would I wouldn't bat in a single eye. But the fact that they kind of made a gesture to try to give back to the anime industry, I think is really well done. Yeah. And like specifically as well, once we're done with this program, you don't just work for any old anime studio. You're working with wit. Not just that, but you also have the opportunity to work with its parent company, Production IG, to work on anime content. For the year. Now, again, does this mean it's going to be a permanent contract? No, no, who knows? It could go to that stage. But at the very least, it gives you the opportunity to work at some of the biggest names within the anime industry and you know prove your worth, show your skill sets, and also pick up new things. It's an opportunity that I think for any young aspiring animator who wants to work in Japan, this is a clear pathway. 
So it's very competitive, but it's a clear pathway. So you might say that then Netflix and Japan are kind of tight, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, no, dude, dude like this 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 new Netflix anime studio collaboration. They got a bunch of anime now, dude. They got Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer on their catalog, right? They they gotta be like the the biggest thing in Japan. Actually, no. What do you mean? You see, Netflix is a super popular streaming service internationally. You know, for us and people in the West, everyone oh, for sure in the West. I think. Uh, according to like some data from Statistica, they found that for around forty to forty-six percent of households in North America had Netflix subscriptions. It's a fucking big market share. But as of twenty twenty, only three point three million subscribers are in Japan out of approximately fifty-three million households, so roughly six percent. So comparatively speaking, forty something to six is. And I think like, Japan has always been like a tougher market for international businesses to penetrate because and this is no slight on Japan either. But with Japan, like they're very specific with the things they like. They, they they're very passionate and intense about their hobbies. But that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone can just jump into the game and start promoting whatever show or whatever product um, that they want the Japanese people to fall in love with. No, like for them, like, the Japanese people are very dedicated to their craft. They're very dedicated to just trying to understand where the passions lie for certain things and then investing in it. And one thing I, I think that holds Netflix back when it comes to popularity in Japan is because of the fact that it doesn't have a lot of Japanese content, right? A lot of stuff that you do have, like, for example, like tidying up with Mary Kondo or um, whatever that, that's, um, that dating reality like uh, Terrace. Terrace House. They're way more popular overseas than they are in Japan. I mean, we talked about Masaki Yuasa and Devil Man Crybaby. And I think there was a rough statistic, like 90% or some absurd disproportionate percent of people who like and watch Devil May Cry Baby are outside of Japan. Now, granted, the show itself is fantastic, right? But then when you think about how many people in Japan actually have a Netflix subscription and the fact that Devil May Cry Baby isn't accessible anywhere else but on Netflix, it just goes to show, like, if no one in Japan's watching it, then it makes sense why it doesn't have much market share. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm part of the 90% that watched it outside of Japan. Fucking loved it. But that therein lies, like, not really a problem, but, like, a very, very apparent fact that Netflix does very well overseas, but not as much in Japan. Yeah. So, uh, and right now, Netflix has, is, like, starting to lose subscribers as well. So, yeah, I think that, that, that one's like an entirely sort of different reason, but it's still, like, a cause for concern for Netflix. Um, as in case you haven't noticed, COVID's still a thing. COVID's still running around. Um, and over the past two quarters, Netflix has actually been losing subscribers. Now, no, so they still have a net gain of subscribers, but they actually managed to lose over four hundred thousand subscribers in the U.S. and Canada. Um, and they're expected to have weaker forecasts for it later on in the year. So, for subscribers. Okay, fine. Right, you know, losing an eight dollars subscription here and there, not that bad. But imagine being an investor and looking at Netflix and thinking, well, "What's going on? Like, this should be great, right? Like, everybody's staying at home. Everybody's, you know, not allowed to go outside. There's lockdowns everywhere. People should be staying indoors and, and watching shit. Like, what, what could possibly be happening to Netflix? So th- actually, there's 
quite a few things that could be happening because if you're losing subscribers, you have to think about how many people start off COVID with a Netflix subscription, people who started off by signing up to Netflix, and then now with things starting to open up a bit globally, like COVID still exists, but most people are now able to go outside, lockdowns are getting lifted, maybe you don't need to stay indoors and just binge Netflix anymore. Or maybe you're just watched everything on Netflix and you don't need to keep using the service anymore. That in itself is another issue that that, that Netflix might have. Um, so the the execs at Netflix you know, were writing letters to over to their shareholders to explain the situation. They mentioned that net gain, they still managed to gain over 1.5 million subscribers, but because of the losses, because of the people that have unsubscribed to Netflix, it does mean that growth overall has become kind of lumpy. I mean, they use literally the word the words that COVID has created some lumpiness in their membership growth. And this comes at a time when other streaming platforms and other big media corporations have started announcing not just acquisitions, but mergers as well. So, um, for example, we, we talked way earlier ago with like the whole Sony Funimation Crunchyroll thing. There's also now Warner Media and Discovery in May when they were talking about plans to merge. Also in May... Amazon announced that it would be buying MGM for, I think, around $8.6 billion. But throughout this whole time, Netflix hasn't really discussed plans to merge or to acquire anything. In fact, it's still very much like siloed as its own rogue streaming platform. And maybe it's just a testament to how big Netflix is. And it doesn't see opportunities to merge anywhere else to help it grow. But it should still cause some concern when you're losing a good percentage of your data of, of your subscriber base every quarter, you know, to the point where that growth is slowly starting to stunt. I think uh, another problem going back to anime specifically is licensing. I think licensing is a very big uh, problem that not only streaming platforms face, but consumers face as well. Because the reality of streaming services that licensing determines what shows you can have on your platform and sometimes you lose the license due to negotiations and tv series and movies come and go and for example different regions will have different availabilities different catalogs because you can only get the rights to certain region or not so that's why you know having a vpn sometimes would be very helpful in because you can access shows that you can't even on the same platform just because you're not in that location. There is one caveat, though, in that Netflix recently has actually been looking to crack down users who do use VPN to access their catalogs from different countries. Uh, I think I remember reading an article about how ExpressVPN, one of the VPN services, was mm. not actually work. It could not work on Netflix. I think Netflix, what they would try and do is like terminate accounts that they detected were using VPN, uh, but since everybody, since, since a lot of people are using it, they'd rather just sort of limit the amount of content you can see when accessing by VPN, which is weird. So, like, I because I use I use NordVPN, I use a VPN service to occasionally look at stuff that's in the U.S. and it's in Canada. When I access Canada, completely fine. When I access America, on the other hand, very limited. So, VPNs definitely useful in the grand scheme of things, but sometimes it can be a bit tough to get what you want to look for on Netflix. And this comes to show that whoever holds the licensing right is king. So I guess in a way, Netflix original anime 
kind of bypasses licensing because Netflix just has the exclusive licensing rights. So then the, no one else can have it. Netflix can only have it. And Netflix can give it to all of their regions. So it's like the best situation for Netflix. But it it it's possible that, you know, these shows are like extremely questionable these days, isn't it? Will? Mediocre at best. It's because, it, it I mean, like, when, when you heard the list I ran through, right, there were a lot of heavy hitters on there, right? Like, Neon Genesis is on there, right? You've got fucking Kill a Kill. You've got Gurren Lagan, You've got Naruto. you got Bleach. you got occasionally One Piece. That I think they've taken it down again. you got Tokyo Ghoul. you got Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen, Horimiya. These are all great shows. But for every great show there is, there's like... 15 maybe even 20 other shows there are like barely a six or a seven on my anime list and that's just for licensed shows we haven't even talked about like stuff that netflix quote-unquote produces right like you look i think the, the main sort of crux that we wanted to go through here is beyond the shows that netflix has on their subscription platform we also sort of wanted to go a little bit in depth in terms of the originals that they've made. Some of the stuff that is, you know, done in association with Netflix, done exclusively through Netflix or streaming exclusively on Netflix. Any shows that have like that little N icon when you look up on your phone or for your tablet or for your computer. So basically, the thing that we will say is that, at least from my perspective, when Netflix original anime became a thing i remember it very fondly as oh netflix is making violet evergarden violet evergarden is fucking awesome and then you know uh you know kaigurui i mean i didn't watch kaigurui back then but having watched it now i would have been so into it then too and it was just like wow netflix is really really good with their anime selection and their project selection then you get stuff now like Record of Ragnarok. You get stuff like Way of the House Husband. You get stuff like Yasuke, which is not like really good, but not really bad, but heavily produced and very well produced in certain cases with Yasuke. But just it's just not hitting the same mark that it used to hit, you know? Yeah, I think thinking back when I first started watching Violet Evergarden, I was like, wow, this is... This is the pinnacle of a streaming-backed Netflix, uh, streaming-backed like anime original, and it was fucking gorgeous to watch. There's a lot of Netflix exclusives that I do like, but for the most part, at least specifically recently, it's I wouldn't say it's a letdown, uh, but it does does definitely leave a lot to be desired. So I think one thing we do need to remember, of course, that like as much as there is a lot of anime on Netflix, Netflix is not an anime streaming service. It is a streaming service, first and foremost, that also has anime on there. And, I mean, of course, right? I listed like 80-something shows. There could be hundreds on there. But that pales in comparison to the catalogs of Crunchyroll and Funimation, which exclusively do anime, right? So for them, if you have a subscription to those platforms, you're doing it because you're looking for anime content. Yeah, and that's why Crunchyroll and Funimation are heavily invested in the seasonal week-to-week anime cycle because their user base are anime fans that yearn for that kind of consumption. That's what they're going for. Whereas with Netflix, I would say that some of their stuff 
Netflix exclusives are great, but a lot of their stuff, like I would have consumed on Crunchyroll, Funimation, High Dive, Amazon, you know, all this other like accounts that I have, and I'll access them through my VPN or other stuff like that. So it's funny. I will end it on this note, which is, of course, Netflix is is a service for all mediums, not just anime. But I would say Netflix is kind of akin to Nintendo because Nintendo exclusives. I'm, okay, so Nintendo exclusives are like really, really good. Netflix exclusives, not as good. But I keep my Netflix subscription mainly because of watching the other stuff that are not anime-based and occasionally watching Netflix exclusives. Whereas the stuff that are on there, the non-exclusives, I would consume them elsewhere. And it just so happens I have a Netflix subscription sometimes and it works out. I mean, it's actually pretty cool that you use the video game analogy because if you if, if we're talking to the gamers out there who have console games, it's kind of like growing up either with like an Xbox or a PlayStation, but you had either one, and then you also had like a Nintendo console to go along with it, whether it was the N64, whether it was the GameCube, the Wii, the Wii U. If anyone had the Wii U, please let me know because I've never seen one at all. Wait, life. I have one. Oh, really? Did you actually play it, though? Yeah. I mean, I think for most people, it's, it was released way ahead of its time, which is why now we have the Nintendo Switch. But again, it's like, I have a PS4, and I also have a Switch. So people have an Xbox, and also have a Switch. It's just, that's it, right? If you're like an anime hardcore fan, you will have a Netflix slash... Now, you, you will have a Crunchyroll slash Funimation account, but you will also likely have a Netflix account too. But you might not use to watch anime, but you might have it because, hey, there might be an exclusive that's dro- that's dropping on it, so you have the you have the the service. Why not check it out? And maybe your family is using it for other stuff, and you're consuming it for the live action stuff. So it's fine. But I I, I don't use Netflix that much for anime purposes, other than the exclusives. Yeah, it's it's kind of the the, the walls run run dry for me too. In that, like I've watched enough now, so I need to go back to Crunchyroll or the Funimation to watch more stuff. But now we're at this segment where you know, we've talked about how some of the Netflix exclusives were eh, kind of meh, but they have some they have some really good shows on there now. So let's take a moment to talk about our recommendations for Netflix anime content. Now, there are some caveats. Yeah, okay. So here are the caveats. The first thing is that we're going to only focus on Netflix anime exclusives almost entirely. One or two exceptions, but for the most part, Netflix exclusive. This is mainly due to the licensing issue with different regions that we mentioned earlier. Because I can say, oh, you should check out Horimiya. But if you live outside of Hong Kong or live outside of Asia, I, th- I think it's live outside of Asia, you won't be able to access Horimiya on Netflix. Yeah, like you're not going to be seeing it on UK Netflix, I think. I haven't checked. but Whereas the Netflix exclusive is definitely on there for all regions. So... It was just easier. Yeah. Like you're going to find Violet Evergarden on every single platform, every single region of Netflix because it's it's region free, but it's Netflix exclusive. And it's not fair to assume that everyone has a VPN. It's not fair to assume that, you know, you might have an Express VPN, which if you do, I'm sorry. But hey, it's it's just not fair to assume that you have a, a VPN to access other shows in other regions. And if you do, then good for you. But we don't want to make that assumption. Yeah. So as I mentioned, 83 shows on my little list of Netflix shows, some of them exclusive, some of them not. There's going to be there's actually a lot more anime on Netflix, which then means 
we're not going to watch every single show or every single series there is. That's just impossible. Well, it's possible. We just don't want to do it. It it's not possible within the period of time that we kind of limited ourselves within our existence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, there are certain shows that we would have already mentioned multiple times, and possibly even more so in the future. So for those, we won't go super in depth on them, other than to say. What are you doing? You should watch them. End of discussion. Yeah. So when it comes to the recommendations, both Jason and I have like three different categories of recommendations. The first one, which is quickfire, basically shows that we've talked about multiple, not even multiple, but we talk about almost every other episode in which, hey, why the fuck have you not start watching it? The second one being the in-depth one, which is shows that we might have mentioned or maybe have like kind of glossed over, but want to share a little more light and color and explain why these are shows that are worth your time. And then there we have like a maybe like a surprise slash like wild card one, which is it might not be an exclusive, but it is on Netflix at the moment, so you might want to catch it. So I will go on with my two quick fires, which I've already actually mentioned even within this episode, which is Violet Evergarden by Kyoto Animation and Kaigurui by Mappa. They are both extremely. Oh, those Ma- Mappa, I thought. One of the M's, basically. Oh, Jesus. Oh, shit. Uh, okay, anyways, Violet Evergarden and Kagurui is extremely well made, extremely well produced. Anime, especially with Violet Evergarden, is fantastic. That's that's an S-tier show. I think in terms of like Netflix exclusives, you would probably say Violet Evergarden is, is the exclusive. I would say it's number one. Right? Like, yeah. there, there's not much else that can compare to it. But Kagurui, a strong A-tier. Very, very good anime. The quickfire ones that I have are also very straightforward. Uh, Dora Hedero, done by Mappa. Fucking great, violent, gory, but extremely fun to watch. Devilman Crybaby, even more gory. Science Saru, the brainchild of fucking Mr. Masaki Yuasa. Extremely, extremely beautiful. Um, but I have to say, the gore is, is very over the top. So it was, if, if gore is not your thing... Me might want to skip it, but I'm an edgelord, so I like that shit. And then on the opposite side of the spectrum, High Score Girl, super fluffy, fluffy, nostalgic, done by JC Staff. JC Staff, track record, eh, kind of spotty, but this one was very well done. Uh, the 3D does take a little bit of getting used to, but you can get over it. It's a fantastic watch. So now we can spend a little bit of time going into the in-depth shows. Oh, Kagigurui is made by Mappa. Okay, you're correct then. So now we talk about the shows that we want to flesh out a bit more. We want to really explain to you why these shows are worth your time. Hence, we're going to take more time to talk about them. So do you want to hit us off with your list? Do we go back and forth, back and forth? or We'll do, my one, list we'll do one by one. I think we okay. both have three. Yes, we both have three. So my first one that I recommend you to watch on Netflix is Little Witch Academia. At the time, this was in Netflix jail, but obviously since it is after the fact... You can now watch it in its entirety, and it is about basically Harry Potter. It's wizard school, except it is an all-female cast with witches. In fact, the opening of the series is not not the OP, but like the opening segment of the show is very similar to like the Chamber of Secrets. You know, when Harry and Ron have to steal a car to try and get to Hogwarts. It's kind of similar in the sense that you know the oh girls... you don't know how to drive a broom yeah. oh my god yeah and then it's like oh we've 
ended up in a forest. Oh shit, the forest is trying to kill us, but we can't die because we're going to be late to like our school initiation. Uh, also, we are the main character, so we can't die this early. Yeah, so it was actually very fun to watch because it was very clear there's like a lot of parallels between like the Harry Potter verse and the Little Witch Academia verse. And it's made by Studio Trigger, my boy. Studio Trigger. So uh, it has two curves. The first half is very different. The two halves are very different. Uh, I think, Will, you would agree that the first half is more slice of life, introducing all the characters. And then the second half is like... Very shonen. It's just action. It is just balls to the wall, exciting fun. Have you ever heard of... like? Can you imagine Magic Bro Mecha? Shut, don't spoil like, that. That's like that's like none of this makes sense. But like you have to watch this shit to fully understand. You're gonna find your Hermione Grangers just like you're gonna find your Neon Genesis uh, Evangelion in there too. It's just really good. Uh, and it just uh, the last action sequence I think deserves an extremely special mention. The last two episodes, maybe I I would give it a two minute applause. Yeah, like that's 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 how good I felt it was. The, the ending segment, the overall, it was a, a very fun show. Like it, it's slow to build up, but once you hit its stride, it's fucking fantastic. And the sense of wonder and the wonder of magic was captured very well. And I think Little Witch Academia, it may look kind of kid-ish, but really, it's. I think it's it's one of those shows where like it it recognizes what it is. And it doesn't try to punch above its weight. Like it's like it's very cutesy and artsy, but it doesn't try to be like oh like, that's just appearance. We're gonna be super serious. No, they play into the cutesiness, but then like once they suck you in, then it's like okay, you just saw cute girls doing like witch things. Now we're gonna do crazy witch things, and you're gonna like this shit even more. And I did. Yep. So that is my first pick for netflix recommendation my first pick i mentioned this earlier which is actually all the shows that i talked about earlier um b stars b stars is actually very fantastic it's very deep definitely there's a lot of like thematic parts to it a lot of like actual like physical imagery in terms of you know what the dichotomy of, 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 of the animal kingdom is. And when you see that, you can then see representation and, and similarities to how human society runs. It's it's not like, you know, Animal Farm, though in a way it kind of is. It's like watching, like, it's like watching National Geographic if it had a high school arc. Um, it, it's, it's definitely worth your time. You can get over to 3D and the specific scene i believe in episode two or episode three two you will be fine i'm up to episode six right now and i can still recommend it even not finishing it because i know this is a good show this is going to keep going to the part where i i'm going to be in a happy place i think that if there was ever something like zootopia or like a humanoid animals in real life and they were trying to function as kind of sentient you know pacifist beings just like human beings are kind of trying to do that b stars is basically that and it's also 3d done right i mean it's studio orange yep it's it's very well done the 3d is it is extremely well done oh and the music's great too music is great uh i think the op i quite like too yeah it's it's it overall a good show and the op have you seen the opening credits yeah it is done in a way that is just you have to watch it to see for yourself. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, so that's my first recommendation, my first in-depth recommendation. 
my second in-depth recommendation is teasing Master Takagi-san. Wait a minute, but as uh, we uh, said, right? Uh, season one is only on Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. So were you okay just watching season two? In fact, that's what I did. Right. Okay. I watched just season two. Uh, granted, okay, so this is the caveat here is I did read the manga. So I knew what was going on. But to be fair, and I double-checked with season one in, on Crunchyroll, they are both, season one and season two are very much akin to the manga, which is gags. So each episode has like three skits or gags. And there is like very, very little lost that if you just watch season two. If you watch season one, there might be some references that will go back to season one from season two. But as long as you understand the premise, which is uh, high school or middle school, Takagi-san is teasing Nishikata, and uh, she's really good at she's such a she's so good at teasing. She's a teasing master. It's just cute, wholesome, bubbly fun. Wow, a teasing master. It's almost like it's in the name of the show. Yeah, bro. So yeah. So besides knowing the premise and characters, you can just go right into season two. I rarely would advocate for that, but in this particular case, if you don't have a Crunchyroll subscription, watching just season two and if you want to read the manga you should uh it's a very good wholesome watch that's it's good to hear that you don't have to have crunchyroll in order to fully appreciate takagi okay you do miss out on season one but it's not a huge miss it'd be nice to watch i would say if you watch season one you will definitely gain more from season two but if you just watch season two you would not lose as much is that if that makes sense i get that i get that so that's how I feel about my second pick, teasing Takagi-san. Yeah. Teasing Master Takagi-san. My second pick is also straightforward because I also mentioned this earlier. Great Pretender. It's fucking good. The music is great. The script is dope. The characters are amazing. I really like the characters, um, especially as they grow even more and more into in, in, in case number four. Which yeah, is you really did part. the whole 180 on that. In the beginning, I was I was always very skeptical because this is the same sort of criticism that you and I had in which it, se- it seemed like whenever they were e- explaining their heist plans, it was there were a lot of cop-outs. There were a lot of really easy ways to explain how this particular heist worked or how that plan like was pulled off without a hitch or like when something was about to go awry, they were able to remedy it, no problem. And there was like no repercussions. That changes in season two. Okay. Because things get a lot more serious and that's when you start seeing when the characters are in the corner and they have nothing left to be able to defend themselves with, what they do to actually get themselves out of their mess. The music is still fantastic. I, I can't get over how colorful the show is. It's it's such a beautifully animated show. It's fucking wit. Wit have never done anything wrong. You should watch Words Bubble Up Like Soda Pop if yeah, you like that, the color palette. That's not wit, though. It but is I, not I, I wit, will, I will check it out. I will check it out. I actually will say that the only mistake they might have had was Seraph of the End, but I'm just biased. I don't like the show. But generally, wit studio, fantastic music, fantastic color palette, animation quality, mwah. Voice acting, minus the English, very, very good. It's it's a hard, hard, hard recommend for me. Okay, so my third and final show that I will recommend is made by Studio Bones. It is a music anime called Carol and Tuesday. Now, 
Carol and Tuesday is a rather, what is it like several years old, I think? I think it came out 2018? Two, oh, 2019. Okay, so it came out 2019. It is two curves, so it's like 24 episodes. And it's about uh, two musicians trying to make it big called Carol and Tuesday. It's rare that you get a music show that is two curves. I mean, the one that Will says uh, that is like that is Nadame Katabile, which is like what? My favorite music anime which of all is like time. what, like? four seasons or something yeah and it's 8.6 or 8.7 on mile it's fucking great so it, but it's really hard to find now it's a classic underdog story of musicians that are just they start playing in the streets and then they got popular and then uh their their video went viral and then they try to make it big and the trials and tribulations of not only the music industry but trying to to make it make get the dream or make the dream a reality Classic underdog story. I also think that the music is sung really well because it is not sung by the VAs. It's actually sung by professional singers. So it's Nai, BRXX, and uh, Selena Ann, I think. Selena Ann. I have the names here, but I can't pronounce them correctly. But they actually sung the vocals for the music, which is really sung really, really well, basically. I mean, to no one's surprise, they did win Crunchyroll's Best Music Score Award last year. Yeah, I, I mean, the music is easily, it's incorporated everywhere. Uh, all the episode names are named after uh, really famous songs. And actually, that episode talks about the themes that are in those songs that are being referenced. They mention stuff like Bruno Mars out of nowhere. They mention a lot of all these, like, they mentioned all this like music stuff. So if you're like into music, this is the show for you. And it is the the best selling point of the mon- of of the anime. And it is done by none other than Watanabe, the director for Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Shampoo, Macross and Kids on the Slope. So And Space Dandy. And Space Dandy. So dude is no stranger to music being an integral part of the anime. I, I know how we both feel about Space Dandy, but we have to put it in there, unfortunately. Yeah, I purposely left it out, but, like, fine. Space hey, hey look, we only watched two episodes. It might get better. Yeah, we might change our opinion. Season two is better than season one, apparently. But right, apparently. If, if we get there, right? If we get there. Um, yeah, so, hey, three, three pretty good shows. So it's not, it's no, comes to no surprise that the fluffy, wholesome guy is, like, lit, uh, cute, which is being teased, and singing. Yeah, so far mine is, you know, bank heists and robberies, and the other one being, like, furries in high school. Well, not furries. They actually are animals. Uh, the last one that I wanted to recommend, and I I love the show to death, and I've talked about it a couple times. Not so much recently, but it's Kengan Ashura. In my opinion, the best martial arts anime of all time. Better than Baki, better than Megalobox. So to be fair, Megalobox was pretty good. We have not watched season two yet. Yeah, Nomad. We haven't watched that one yet. We should. But what I really like about the show is that from a technical standpoint, 
it gets a lot done correctly in that it's not just flashy punches and power moves and just like super like hype oh my god moments it's also like a lot of strong technical ability and accuracy put into the show like knowing how to put like a proper headlock knowing how to put pressure on specific parts of the body to restrict breathing knowing how to attack certain pressure points so that arms and legs you know your extremities start becoming weaker over time and it features a whole gamut of different martial arts right anything from sim- as simple as karate and boxing and judo jiu-jitsu all the way through to capoeira lethway um, wai tai wrestling and uh like every every they even use like police-based self-defense like in because one particular fighter uses it as a way to uh exterminate threat in the quickest time possible within the shortest distance allowed as well so a lot of the shows all that they have in there is is very accurate very well done yeah the 3d is a little bit off for some people i'm okay with it but i'm not okay with yeah it. but like it's it's when you start watching the fight animation like you forget about the 3d and it looks fucking fantastic not to mention the opening music fuck like i i grew up listening to heavy metal i'm always down for some heavy metal it was such a good time to watch that shit um the characters are super likable i I, ha- I definitely have my favorites in the show it's just an all-around good time um i i just don't think i'd be able to recommend anything else above those three yeah great pretender b stars kanganashura as for jason Little Witch Academia, Season 2 of Takagi-san, and Carol and Tuesday. Yep, those are my uh, three in-depth ones. Yeah. I think the main takeaway about the whole Netflix and anime situation, which, you know, this is a point that you drive home, you know, very accurately, is anime on Netflix is very much more about quantity as opposed to quality of the shows. And I think at the end of the day, if you are a very, like, devote follower of anime, that you would consume stuff on a seasonal basis, on a week-by-week basis, you won't get it through Netflix, obviously, and you will get it somewhere else. So it just so happens that, surprisingly, a lot of people around the world who are into anime are not necessarily hardcore enough that would go on a seasonal basis. So for them, Netflix is sufficient to quench their thirst for anime. Yep. Casual Netflix, casual anime them both together it, it's the perfect platform if you're more on the hardcore spectrum you'll probably need to get a Crunchyroll or funimation subscription as well though you probably have already exactly i mean like how else are we going to consume all the seasonals and all the movies and all the an- oh my god all the anime so much anime but they're so good will they're really really good so that's our main discussion about netflix um, hopefully, looking forward, you know, I, there's going to be more shows coming up, like Exception, Spriggan, um, Season 2 of Ultraman, Thermae, Rome Nove, or Rome, I think it's Thermae, Rome Nove. Uh, there is that Vampire in the Garden. Yeah. Uh, there is that grim fairy tale with Wit Studio and Clamp. Make My Day as well, which is another sort of like horror sci-fi. Did we say Exception already? Yep. That uh, one looks super dope. Bright Samurai... So, Samurai, uh, Bright, Bright Samurai Soul. Yeah, yeah, okay, there yeah. you go. Um, and I, look, I think we've talked about like Kakagurui or even Kenga Ashura. Like, these are some shows, at least for me, for Kenga Ashura and for you and both me as well, for Kakagurui having sequels, and they're probably not going to happen, but it, it, that's not necessarily a Netflix thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's not a Netflix thing. That's more of an anime thing. The fact that 
unless if you're a shonen, you are not going to have everything fully adapted. And uh, it's just a reality of the anime industry, and it's just not worth it for them in some cases. And in other cases, the whole point of the anime is to promote the source material. So that's what it's for. All right. Okay. Well, that's our discussion. Shall we wrap this up then? Yeah, sure. So here's the housekeeping. You can always reach us through our email, gapalette at gmail.com. That's G-A-P-A-L-E-T-T-E at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word. You can also contact us on Twitter using the handle at palettegood. That's capital P and capital G, all one word. You can also uh, send us Twitter messages or emails saying that we missed out on this anime, exclusive or non-exclusive. Uh, we'll, we're well, you're welcome to do that. Uh, we have a Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash palettegood, capital, capital P, capital G, all one word. And we have a website. I have updated the website recently with our uh, about page and a bunch of other random small stuff. Super detailed. I love I love the about page. It just says so much about both of us. So go ahead, check that out. Um, they have landing pages for the uh, Apple, no, yeah, for Apple Podcasts as well as um, Spotify on the front page, right? So you can yeah. have both players on there. So yep. easy to access your stuff. Yeah. So we encourage you to check it out. Our website is www.goodanimepalette.com, all lowercase, all one word. You can also join us on Discord. The invite link is in the show description, and we also have a Mal Club, a My Anime List Club. The invite link is also in the show description. If you don't want to search for it, just email us and we'll send you the invite. The music credits for this episode is our intro music is Glitterati by Fox Morrow. Our break music music is Up and Down by Toby Tranter. And our outro music is Sunset Dew by Lupus Nocte. Our music was provided courtesy of EpidemicSounds.com. If you're interested in using Epidemic Sounds as a service, we have a referral link for you that's provided in the show description. William, how's it going? It's uh, I I like using Netflix. Netflix is very easy to use. I mean, it's not an expensive subscription to have, but when it comes to the anime side, I I'm starting to get to a point where I just don't use it much anymore. Yeah, I'm still watching. Oh, forget yeah, I'm still watching Fruits Basket on it. So are you? But outside of that, like, there's really not that much we use. I mean, you watched Anohana. Yeah. Yes, I did. It's great, but that's the thing. I've already watched it. If I'm to continue using Netflix for anime, I'm starting to run dry. I mean, did I use the analogy of Nintendo? Yeah, video games and all that. Yeah. Pretty much, like, you, you're you going to be looking at Netflix exclusives as, like, Nintendo exclusives. Yeah, some of them aren't going to be great. And, like for example, for all the gamers, if you have a PlayStation or an Xbox, you probably have a Nintendo Switch to go along with it. It's not going to be your primary source, but... It's still something that you have in the periphery, and it's always easy to fall back on. And there are plenty of non-exclusives that are just as good. Yep. So get your ass back on the couch or back on your chair. Turn on some Netflix. Watch some anime. And just chill. Yeah, just have, yeah Netflix and Netflix and chill. Netflix anime and chill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. That sounds way less creepy and, and, and weird than just to say Netflix and chill. Why are you smiling at me like that? Hey, (laughs) Hey, buddy. (laughs) All right, we're going to go Netflix and chill. We'll catch you next week. No, in two weeks. See ya.